We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However, when an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the September 25th, 2017 edition of the Fantasy Football Report, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by MyBookie, the official sports book of Rotoviz Radio. I'm Anthony Amico. You can find me on Twitter at Amixta. And my co-host is Blair Andrews. You can follow at Blair. Blair, how's it going? It's going pretty well. Uh, kind of a mixed week for my lineups, but the season's still young, so I still have hope. Yeah, hope is definitely something we cling on to at this stage <laughs> in the game. I mean, I feel like so many teams, like DFS and season long, like they just get blown up early, and you spend like the first month just trying to figure out like how the heck you're gonna you're gonna save this thing. Definitely. Uh, joining us today on the show is actually my former co-host of the Fantasy Football Report, Heath Kruger. He is, of course, a contributor to Rotoviz. And he's now a co-host of the On the Daily NFL DFS show, which I definitely recommend you guys listen to. You can follow him on Twitter at Heath K. Heath, long time no pod, man. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. I, I like the new pod. You know, haven't heard you guys together all that much lately, but, you know, in the, the brief stuff that I have heard, you know, the, the Adam Levitan episode, for example, with Blair, I thought that Blair did a fantastic job. And you guys have really just been, just been killing it lately. But yeah, at least going great. Um, you know, doing the DFS show over with Nick. 
It's been fun. He's uh, really difficult to keep up with. He Nick's the kind of guy, he's not like Anthony. Anthony, if I have a bad take, he'll kind of help me out. He'll, like, he'll soften it like, are you are you sure that that's what you think, Keith? And Nick, on the other hand, will just lay me flat out and say, "No, you're you're just an awful DFS analyst." To, to tell you the truth, <laughs> but but yeah, keeps me on my toes. And yeah, it's definitely fun. You guys, uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, definitely uh, after you check out the Rotovis report, of course, uh, check us out on we come out Thursdays for a DFS show. Well, you upgraded the intellect of your co-host, so I mean that's what happens. You don't get the freebies. Um, let's get right into the news for this week first item Darren Sproles suffered a wrist injury against the Giants he did not return Keith the Eagles appeared to use a rotation of players in Sproles absence Corey Clement uh, LeGarrette Blount Wendell Smallwood is there a pickup here for fantasy players or is this situation simply a mess without the veteran Sproles I, it could really go a couple different ways because I, I view this Eagles team as a team right now that simply does not want to pass the ball. If they don't have to, they would much rather prefer to run the ball effectively and play quality defense with all of their standout talent uh, on the defensive line. And um, talent is getting much better in the secondary as well. We don't really have that, you know, that corner matchup to really pick on as they kind of have picked up their play. But there just really isn't any talent left. The fact that Darren Sproles, a guy that just a week prior to this, played over 75% of the snaps. This could be his final season in the NFL as a strict third down back and a guy that really only carries, you know, between the tackles five, six times a game. And he was in there the vast majority of the time over um, free agent LeGarrette Blunt. Um, for all for those of you who were big on LeGarrette Blunt, I, I hope you made a, a backup plan because I, I don't believe he's really going to come back and do much of anything as um, he's just not a guy I've ever really been all that impressed by. Um the Garrett Blunt is, you know, we know he's on the Patriots and he's the Patriots running back. Uh, but whenever he's tried to go anywhere else, he really just falls flat on his face. Um, and Wendell Smallwood was a guy that they were just really hoping to replace in the draft this year. Remember, the Eagles were a team that were tied to possibly drafting Dalvin Cook uh, before the Minnesota Vikings did in the early second round. So I don't think they're really pleased with either of the guys they have, even though they actually did have decent days with the split carries that they did have. Corey Clement, I, I know people are going to bring him up, but he's just he's just kind of jaggy. Um, really no decent athletic profile. Wasn't all that great in college. So he might, you know, spell here and there for three or four touches a game, but uh, I'm not going to expect much. So if there's a particular game to where you can maybe grab Wendell Smallwood off the waiver wire, if he because I, I don't expect either of them to be all that effective, um, maybe go with him if you want to play the Garrett Blunt and just kind of build a decent floor as he's going to get goal line touches every week if the Eagles do make it into the red zone so he'll give you that eight nine point floor but I don't know personally I, I think I'd just be aiming my sights higher as um, at this point in the season I'm looking for guys with high upside that aren't necessarily going to be my starters and really could just kind of turn into something a lot more further down the, uh, further down the line this season. Yeah, I kind of wonder how much we can actually you know, learn from this game. I mean, the Eagles were ahead uh, most of the first half, I think. Even in going into the fourth quarter, they were pretty well ahead. So they probably, I don't know if they were necessarily throwing as much as, you know, they would if the game were closer. But, I mean, still, Mendel Smallwood got two targets, but he doesn't exactly profile as a pass-catching back. So I don't know if they if they have the personnel to really replace 
Darren Sproles at all in the backfield. Um, you know, my best guess is probably Ertz gets even more targets. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I'm, I'm always down with more Zach Ertz. Um, I don't know. I mean, I kind of feel like this would have been a really good spot uh, for one of their rookie running backs, but obviously we know that uh, he's hurt. Um, you know, Clement, I think, is a good, is a decent player. I mean, hashtag preseason, he was good there. I think that he's capable of, of catching the football and then whatever touches he does get in the run game, you know, is kind of gravy. I, I, I'm not really sure. I mean, I, I really would have thought that this would have been like prime Pumphrey if he's injured. So, I don't know. I kind of just think this is going to be a mess. I, probably some, some, uh, version of what they did today is probably what they'll do anytime the Spurs is hurt. Do you really think Pumphrey would have came in and, and like provided significant production relative to the amount of touches they give him? I, I I remember watching Donna Pumphrey and it's just like there's a certain threshold you have to meet to play certain positions in the NFL. Donald Pumphrey was a guy that came out of was it San Diego State, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um broke a ton of records, rushing records, um almost in the in the same vein as Tyler Irvin when he went to the Houston Texans last year. Um, he, he just profiles as a guy, when I watch him in the preseason, he's just not fit for the NFL. So even if he were to be on the field, I don't know if I'd be all that excited for him. Um, and I, I don't think the team, I, I think the team wanted to be um, excited about him. It's just, I don't, I don't think he's really going to work out in the NFL. It's just me personally, though. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing with him, though, is that, so like a lot of people were comparing him to Darren Sproles before the season. I think that was ridiculous. But... It did seem that the Eagles, in the preseason at least, were interested in using him in like a Sprolesy fashion. So that's that's why I say that maybe this would have been a good spot for him because I think that maybe they just give him the you know that workload and and he's able to make something with it. But I, I mean, I, I agree with your assessment that he's not nearly that kind of guy. I mean, he was definitely a producer in college, kind of product of the offense. But I think there's something intriguing there. I mean, four four eight forty. I don't know. I'm interested to see, or I would have been interested to see what he, what he could have done. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely aspects of his profile to like, um, like you mentioned, the forty time um, and the agility. I mean, you, you get guys kind of like um, a Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen is a perfect profile that, um, just looking at him, you would think would not fit the NFL, but he's just such a dynamic playmaker. That the and the Bears knew it right away, and they are using him currently as one of their main offensive weapons. Um, they're just, they're just, these are just kind of guys I think you just you, you bring them onto the team, you check them out in preseason, and you hope they turn out. And you really just don't spend any significant draft capital like the you know Philadelphia Eagles. Did. I think they spent you know, a third or a fourth round pick on them. Fourth, Maybe, yeah. Fifth, I'm not fourth, yeah. So I don't know. I, I think trying these guys out and seeing if they work is a great idea. But, um, yeah, I think Pumphrey just kind of isn't, isn't fit for an NFL, sadly. All right, next news item. In today's loss to the Titans, Chris Carson saw 11 carries and two receptions. C.J. Procise had four carries and three receptions. Uh, Thomas Rawls and Eddie Lacy did not touch the football. Do you expect this usage to continue going forward, and are you holding either Rawls or Lacy in any leagues now? Oh, I, I certainly expect this to continue going forward the, the seattle seahawks you know as we know uh, they're a team that they preach open competition and they really mean it you you're going to compete for your spot whether you have or either you are a starter in the past or not um thomas rawls was a guy that you know, people were picking up um it last year two years ago in the offseason as the next guy 
um, you know, the essentially the heir to Marshawn Lynch, hoping that we had a guy who was going to be that next beast mode. Um, and it just wasn't the case. Uh, Rawls was hurt. He wasn't able to get back onto the field, and he wasn't able to keep building on that momentum. And now he is clearly behind Chris Carson, who has really impressed not only us in fantasy circles, but the team as well. There, you know, he's a guy that is, I'd say he, you know, looks more like a straight ahead type guy, but he can do things in the passing game. And CJ Procise um, is kind of being used as that uh, third down scat back kind of kind of guy. Um, yeah, I, I hope CJ Procise gets more touches in the future. But, you know, with guys like Chris Carson, when they emerge, there's really no reason to keep them off the field if they're doing well. So, so yeah, if you have, uh, and, and then Lacey is just, LOL. I mean, Lacey just a perfect example of a guy who just really does not care about football, sadly. All the talent in the world. Uh, for those of you who picked him up hoping um, you had something with him, or even Rawls in that case, I, I don't I don't think the process was off because they were really both fairly cheap and they both had past production that warranted that kind of investment if they were able to really grab onto a starting spot and get going. But sadly, they, they didn't get it going. So um, if you want to hold on to Rawls, it's kind of like a low-value handcuff, I guess, but you better have a pretty darn deep bench. Um, and Lacey, I think, is just droppable at this point. Yeah, I would totally be dropping Eddie Lacey. I think the other three are all holds, just because I'm sure if Carson got hurt, Rawls all of a sudden would pick up some work. Uh, it does say a lot, I think, about Carson that he's like the hot new thing that's already eliminated the last hot new thing in Thomas Rawls. I mean... Just over a year ago, everyone was kind of going bananas over Rawls, and he's already out of the picture. That's how good Chris Carson has been. That's really impressive. Um, I'm not 100% worried about ProSize. I do think that eventually they'll maybe give him a little more work, but they used him a bunch as a receiver today. Uh, Watching the game, they targeted him a bunch of times down the field. Uh, He did have a long catch. I think that they are starting to use him as a bona fide part of their passing game, which is really nice. Um, definitely gives him a little bit of a better floor in PPR leagues. Granted, he'd like a little bit more, but he's at least usable, and he's definitely a hold. The Carson breakout is coming, and it's going to come next week on Sunday Night Football against the Colts. Absolute nut spot. I mean, I think that this is a game where Seattle can actually get some positive game script and run the football, and Carson's that guy. So if you're holding and you've been disappointed, just keep holding because it's going to come next week. Yeah, it's really encouraging to see Procise finally get worked in, although um, the Seahawks did attempt 49 passes, so it's kind of uh, not something to expect to see going forward a whole lot more. Um, hard to really make make much of this backfield. I mean, obviously Rawls probably has value if Carson gets injured, but I think as long as he's healthy, these guys are going to be wasting a roster spot. So, I mean, especially in, you know, unless you're in a deep league, I don't know if they're worth holding on to. Yeah, and you could even kind of speculate for Dynasty rosters. I think if you have them in redraft, you definitely hold on to them. Um, but even for Dynasty rosters, it kind of makes you question how much, if you have Chris Carson, if you can sell him high, it might not be a bad idea because we, we've seen this before. A guy that really breaks out one season for the Seattle Seahawks has a pretty decent year. We're projecting to be the starter. And in the very next year, it's just some guy out of the sixth or seventh round that just comes in, outplays the current starter, and really now he's the guy to own a dynasty. So, and not, not to mention that I, I think I, I've projected this in the past and it hasn't come to full fruition yet, but 
really this team should be leaning on Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is the supreme talent on this offense. Um, I think they even have some decent weapons in the receiving game as well with pro size. Uh, Doug Baldwin and Richardson, it's great he's been able to stay healthy. Um, and then even Tyler Lockett. Um, if they could just somehow patch that offensive line to give them even below average play, I really think that this passing game is one that could turn into a truly elite passing game um, if they're able to really kind of string it together. But uh, it just it, there's really just no consistency. Like today, Russell Wilson, I believe, threw for over 300 yards and four touchdowns after following three weeks to where um, <laughs> seemingly in perfect spots, he just completely fell flat on his face. So as far as starting him, it's it's a mess. So this whole, this whole offense is a mess. So I'm kind of a little worried about starting anyone, even as much as Doug Baldwin. I don't think you're going to bench him, but... But yeah, those are just my thoughts on the Seattle Seahawks offense. Sorry, I took a little... I, I wandered off the road there, guys. <laughs> I apologize. Well, listen, it, it's totally okay for you to go off the road on this show, and you know that, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I agree with a lot of what you said, obviously. I mean, I was just talking to Matt, uh, Matt Lamarck today about this. He said Seattle doesn't start playing offense till like, week eight. So yeah. we'll, uh, we'll see what happens then. Uh, before we get to no shit, shit, no, I just want to take a moment to talk about my bookie. I absolutely love sports betting. I know a lot of us here at Rotoviz do as well. We have a sports betting podcast, after all. And there is no site that myself and us at Rotoviz trust more than mybookie.ag. MyBookie has in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and the best mobile capabilities of any sports book out there. Listen, don't lose out on bets. Don't lose out on good wagers because of slow site loading speeds and impossible to figure out site layouts. MyBookie's all-new mobile site allows me to easily make wagers while out with friends and from the comfort of my own couch while watching the games. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit up to a 100% bonus. That means you get cash for doing absolutely nothing. Just sign up using promo code ROTOREPORT and activate this special offer. Also, if you sign up this month with the ROTOREPORT promo code and forward a copy of your sign-up confirmation email to rotovizradio at gmail.com, You'll be entered into a drawing for a limited edition Rotovis pullover. Definitely don't want to miss out on that. So sign up for my bookie, deposit money, and then forward us your email confirmation. We will announce the winner on a future episode. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Mybookie.ag. Now let's get into no shit, shit, no. First item of the week, Kenny Britt. Rising from the dead, he catches three of ten targets for 54 yards and a touchdown in Sunday's loss to the Colts. As much as I want to say no shit, this just has to be a shit no at this point. Um, you know, like you said, three ten targets against probably the best matchup you're going to get against this Colts secondary without Vontae Davis. Um, and Deshaun Kaiser actually playing pretty darn well. Um, Kenny Britt, even on high volume, is not able to pull it together. I just, it makes me sad. I, I think this guy has really just kind of packed it in um, now that he has got his contract secured from the Cleveland Browns. It's disappointing, but if you have him on your team, definitely keep him just in case anything just happens to turn around because the talent's there, the volume's there, um, but you, I don't think you're going to be starting him anytime soon with any sort of confidence. Zach Ertz caught 8 of 10 targets for 55 yards and a touchdown in the Eagles' Week 3 win over the Giants. Yeah, no shit. This was kind of just a complete slam dunk spot. Uh, the Giants are perennially just 
really bad against the tight end position. They do not invest in the linebackers for some reason. Um, Zach Ertz, I think he was actually on this show that when Jordan Matthews was traded to the Buffalo Bills, we, you know, essentially just jumped up and down, told you to go grab Zach Ertz, get him in your drafts because he is woefully undervalued as he is the prime beneficiary of all those missing targets when Jordan Matthews was out. And now that he's off the team, he has essentially become the number one, even ahead of Alshon Jeffrey. So yeah, Zach Ertz, if you happen to get him, uh, congratulations. I think you have a top three tight end talent going forward um, here in uh, fantasy this year. Jacoby Brissett had a really nice game today. Completed 17 of 24 passes for 259 yards and a touchdown. He also ran for two scores on five rushing attempts. As much as I want to say no shit as a Colts fan, this one's a shit no. Um, a lot of those yards were really uh, piled up from receivers catching the ball and just doing a lot after the catch, including a one a really big um, pass from to T.Y. Hilton, who had himself a day. It's really rewarding his fantasy owners for, for sticking through with him. And he had those two rushing touchdowns with – Really boosted his uh, his fantasy his fantasy day. Um, this is not a guy you really want to play with any you know sort of confidence. You're not going to get the Cleveland Browns again this year, um, and you're actually going to have to face you know tough defenses like the Jaguars, the Texans, and you know even teams like um, the Tennessee Titans who are pretty decent on defense as well. So, and then with Andrew Luck coming back soon, I, it's a it's a shit no for Jacoby Brissett. Chris Hogan hauled in four of six targets for 68 yards and two touchdowns in the Patriots' Week 3 win over the Texans. Yeah, no shit. Chris Hogan, he is the new Julian Edelman of this offense. Um, You know, Danny Amendola, I know people like to speculate whether or not it's going to be him. We know what Danny Amendola is at this point. He's been on the Patriots way too long. He's taken way too many pay cuts um, to really kind of, you know, signal that the team is confident in him being the number one option behind when Julian Edelman is out to really feed him targets. They're going to Chris Hogan. They're going to Gronk when he's healthy. Um, and then James White um, when he is um, spelled to, to have a decent matchup in the game. So, yeah, Chris Hogan, if you happen to uh, have him on your team, keep keep rolling him out every week. Sterling Shepard caught 7 of 10 targets for 133 yards and a touchdown in the Giants' Week 3 loss to the Eagles. Yeah, no shit. Anthony, can I take a little bit of a victory lap here? Yeah, do it. <laughs> I know I know he's not your boy, but you know, he's a guy I liked coming out of college. Um, definitely know he's not a number one by any means in terms of profile, but in terms of a number two, coming off a rookie season that was pretty overlooked, I'd say, relative to a lot of what other rookies did, um, he has done pretty darn well. Everyone expected Brandon Marshall to come in, steal all those red zone looks, steal, become the number two in volume, and it just happened, happened. It hasn't happened. Sterling Shepard has maintained his position uh, as the number two on this team. Now, what what is that worth? I'm not quite sure because I think Ben McAdoo um, is probably bottom three worst coaches in the entire NFL. Uh, is Eli Manning cooked? Um, if he's not, it's pretty darn close. But yeah, Sterling Shepard as a player, I think is a guy that um, you might not want to play every week, but as an emergency option, I think he's just fine. In, in certain matchups, he's just fine. And if you have him on your dynasty roster, I think I'd be pleased with him right now. Oh, I just want to defend my hatred of Sterling Shepard quick by saying that he dropped a catchable ball in the end zone today, and his best play happened when two Philadelphia Eagles ran into each other. That's all. I want to say that. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on, he did. A, he, this is your New York Giants, Anthony. You got to be happy for him at least. Not, not, not my team. Not my, <laughs> not my, not my receiver. 
<laughs> well, Shepard did actually outscore this next guy on DraftKings, I think. Odell Beckham caught 9 of 13 targets for 79 yards and two touchdowns in the Giants' Week 3 loss to the Eagles. Yeah, no shit. Odell Beckham is that guy that, you know, you it was kind of scary to play in this week against uh, a tough Eagles defense, but even with bad quarterback play, even with a horrendous head coach who... Gosh, it really just looks completely clueless out on the field sometimes. Odell Beckham is just that transcendent talent that even, you know, he can take lemons and he can make lemonade on just any day he's out on the football field. So, yeah, uh, fantastic for his owners who have been waiting for this to happen. You got your wide receiver one back. Brandon Cooks had his best day as a Patriot by far. Five of seven targets caught by him, 131 yards, two touchdowns, including the game winner in the Patriots' Week 3 win over the Texans. Yeah, no shit. This is, I, I think we expected a little more consistency when we when we drafted Brandon Cooks from um, now that he's on the Patriots instead of the Saints. But, um, yeah, it's just kind of who he is. You know, at even, even at home. He might not have been in the Dome today, but he was at home today um, and just kind of took those, those targets and really turned them into big plays. That's just kind of the who he is. He's not going to be that um, combined deep threat Randy Moss type guy we thought he might be at certain times during the offseason, but as a guy that could really just, if you got him as your wide receiver three, hopefully, um, even as a wide receiver two, I think he's okay. Um, He's that guy that could really just win your matchup for you, but he can also lose your matchup for you. So, T.Y. Hilton caught seven of nine targets for 153 yards and a touchdown in Sunday's game versus the Browns. Uh, yeah, shit, no. At, at least while Jacoby Brissett is on the field, you know, T.Y. Hilton, much like Odell Beckham, he's a he's a guy that could really uh, make a lot out of a little, um, and he did that today uh, for his fantasy owner. So congratulations, guys! But um, next week you you'll probably play him again. But I would have much lower expectations as this this Jacoby Brissett thing is not anything that's going to be anything long term. But there there is a little optimism that. Andrew Luck is targeting, I believe it's week six, uh, as a return against the Titans. So um, maybe by then, T.Y. Hilton will be right back in your fantasy lineup and hopefully help you push into the playoffs. Christian McCaffrey, used mostly as a receiver today, caught 9 of 11 targets for 101 yards in the Panthers' loss to the Saints. Yeah, shit, no. Um, it's not because of him. Uh, I've been playing him in DFS. Um, I don't have him on any dynasty rosters or redraft roster, sadly, but I've been using him in DFS. I'm using him a little bit this week, and it kind of worked out um, with, with the yardage. And, and we know the volume is there, but this offense is just absolutely atrocious. Something is seriously wrong with Cam Newton. I don't know if it is by design that he is no longer running, uh, but the fact that he is no longer a significant rushing threat has really made this offense so one-dimensional. Um, Calvin Benjamin, I know he suffered an injury today, but even when he's on the field, he's no significant threat. Devin Funches, it's just he's just I think he's kind of dead at this point. He's really nothing. I don't think there's anything there. Um, and now with Greg Olson gone for the season, you are going to have a poor man's Alex Smith Kansas City Chiefs offense. Um, do you want to play Christian McCaffrey in certain matchups? Uh, yeah, they'll, they'll play the Saints again, but. Um, it's going to be really difficult to pick those spots to where, you know, you're going to expect a lot from him. So I don't know. He's going to be a matchup play for sure. But, and there is some talent there, but um, I think this will not be the norm going forward. 
Case Keenum completed 25 of 33 passes for 369 yards and three touchdowns in the Vikings' Week 3 win over the Bucks. Uh, and before you answer, you should know Case Keenum also once had a nine-touchdown game in college. <laughs> well, that's great. Um, but yeah, still shit, no. Maybe he'll throw for nine touchdowns in the future, but uh, in between that, there will be about 17 or 18 games where he throws for less than 100 yards and two picks. Um so yeah, he kind of showed to be somewhat competent today. Maybe, you know, maybe there's something there. Case Keenum, I, I shockingly was a starting quarterback last year. I know we don't think of him as that, but uh, he was a starting quarterback for an NFL team, even though they didn't really look like an NFL team last year. Um, yeah, hope you, uh, we hope that this continues as this really enables us to play all of our Stefan Diggs, who is the next, next probably next best receiver in the, the National Football League. Barring Antonio Brown. Um, Adam Thielen, that allows us to play Adam Thielen. Even Kyle Rudolph, to an extent, and our Dalvin Cook shares. It allows us to play the entire squad. Uh, I just don't know if this is going to be a regular thing. So I hope Sam Bradford returns sooner rather than later. But at least maybe it gives us a little hope, even though I'm not expecting a lot out of Case Keenum at this point. Dalvin Cook was a true workhorse today. Carried the ball 27 times for 97 yards and a touchdown. He also caught all five of his targets for 72 yards. Yeah, no shit. I'm, I'm going to have to take the L on this one. I did not expect much of Dalvin Cook coming out of college. Um, when I saw those measurables, I was just scared out of my shoes. Um, I did not expect a guy who was going to be drafted highly going to a team that had an offensive line that looked really, really bad last year, almost as bad as the Seahawks at times. I did not expect good things, but he has proven me wrong. He is a three-down back who the team is very confident in using, despite spending, I believe, was it five and a half million they spent on Latavius Murray, and he is a ghost. Just I don't even know if he's on the team anymore. Is he on the team, guys? I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, if you have Dalvin Cook, keep rolling out every week because uh, you found a gem. Jay Ajayi rushed 11 times for 16 yards and caught two of three targets for nine receiving yards against the Jets in week three. Uh, I'm going to say this is shit no. Uh, Jay Ajayi is definitely still a talent in the league. He's a guy that you can be confident in going forward as I believe this offensive line is still fully healthy. But if you happen to be frequenting any sort of uh, betting conversations, um, I I think this was expected. Um, I certainly... Uh, did not expect Jay Ajayi. I did not. I had zero percent of him in DFS this week. Um, they the reason being is this is their second road game, and they're heading to London next week. And historically, in these spots, guys have really fallen flat on their face. Um, and this Dolphins team, while they do have certain pieces, Cutler is still back there. Um, he is a competent quarterback, but I would say with fair confidence that he is legitimately worse than Ryan Tannehill who is not all that great in his own um, steam. But yeah, it's this is just kind of one of those unfortunate weeks to where I think it was um, evident if you really paid close attention, even though the matchup was great. But I, I would say you're still starting JHI going forward. Stefan Diggs, the GOAT, caught 8 of 11 targets for 173 yards and two touchdowns in the Vikings' Week 3 win. I, I hope you got him on your dynasty rosters at this point, because uh, no shit, this guy is the next Antonio Brown. Uh, we at Rotoviz, Anthony, me, Blair, Sean Siegel, um, a, a numerous amount of people try to warn you, get him on your roster now because he is going to be a first round talent in 2018. 
And if you happen to grab him this year in redraft, you got a you found a gem, friends. Um, and if you have him in dynasty, even better. This is a guy who is going to just as long as quarterback play is competent, he is just going to just dominate anyone that's put in front of him. So, so yeah, this is a is a pretty clear no shit. Duke Johnson caught six of seven targets for 81 yards with 21 yards and a touchdown on two carries rushing. Oh, gosh. I, I'm going to go with no shit because this has been the pattern over the last few weeks. But, man, is it just I am tilting off the face of the earth with how much love I had for Duke Johnson over the past years just waiting for him because I knew he had this in him. I knew he had this in him. This is a guy that at Miami... Um, you know, much kind of like in the in the vein of some of these other three down backs, was a big rusher and caught a lot of balls, but had a smaller frame for the NFL. Um, but he, I think he actually can run between the tackles when given a chance. And when he's not, he's just out there just catching balls like Odell Beckham as a running back, six for seven for eighty-one yards. And now he finally scored his his you know first touchdown of the year. I think it might be his first touchdown in. Um, 19 or 20 games or something ridiculous like that. We just want Duke Johnson to be used more, even though this offense is kind of stumbling. Um, if you happen to have him, it's kind of like that flex. I think you're completely fine. Um, as he's seeing a lot of usage with Isaiah Crowell really struggling and his team as a whole struggling. So, so yeah, no shit for Duke. Um, but let's just hope it continues because I think the rug could be pulled out from under us pretty quickly. Antonio Brown, no surprises here. Delivered 10 catches for 110 yards and a touchdown. He was targeted 14 times on Sunday in a Steelers loss to the Bears. Yeah, no shit. It's Antonio Brown. Um, one of the best three wide receivers in all of the NFL. Even in a tough matchup to where, you know, we, we kind of perceived at least last week um, with the Mike Evans matchup that we've known this Bears team under John Fox to really key in on number ones. Um, yeah, Antonio Brown said, I don't really care and just proceeded to carry uh, carry Ben this entire game. Um, even though they did not, uh, they didn't come out with the win. Um, he put up a pretty darn good fantasy day. So yeah, if you happen to have him, just keep rolling him out. It's and I, shout out to you, Anthony. By the way, your Antonio Brown is the number one pick. Uh, off season article you wrote, just fantastic piece. And really, just if you had listened to Anthony, you'd be in such a better spot right now than all of these. You know. All of these running back, first round running back catastrophes that we have seen. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Jordan Howard handled 23 carries for 138 yards with two touchdowns and a lost fumble while adding five catches for a team high 26 yards on five targets Sunday in the Bears' week three win over the Steelers. The talent's there, but this is sadly a shit no. If you have Jordan Howard. I would seriously be considering moving him as this team is not one that is set up to play with a lead. Um, even on a day to where they they were able to pull out a win, they essentially needed this, the Pittsburgh Steelers to fall all over themselves to keep it even remotely close. And not only that, they have Tariq Cohen, who is a guy that you know is going to be one of the next big talents in the NFL, in my opinion, um, really stealing those those valuable touches out of the passing game. So 
Going forward, you're going to need game scripts to where the Bears are ahead and are able to give Jordan Howard plenty of touches with scoring opportunities attached with it. And that is not a recipe that is good for consistent fantasy football success. So if you have him, I would consider I would consider strongly moving him if you can get him and you know, kind of add his the value you paid for him this year. But uh, this one's a shit note for me. Deontay Foreman rushed eight times for 25 yards. Caught two of his three targets for 65 yards in the Texans' Week 3 loss to the Patriots. So this one I'm kind of torn on. Um, I am with Anthony. Anthony De- Deontay Foreman is Anthony's boy, for all of you that, that do not know. He, he is a huge fan. And, and I would say um, he has pretty much clear-cut played, at Lamar, played out Lamar Miller this season thus far. Um, he has shown that he can both do it between the tackles and in the passing game. Um, he has been somewhat reliable in um, pass protection. He just kind of has a brick wall of Lamar Miller standing in front of him um, to soak up all that volume. And a an offense that, you know, after today, maybe we have to reconsider some things, but an offense that I think is um, inconsistent at best. So I think this one's a shit no. Um, hold on to him just in case something really significant does change um, in this offense. But... I don't think you really want to be rolling out Deontay Foreman here, at least for the next couple weeks. Ryan Griffin, in what was a surprise to everyone except Anthony, all day five <laughs> of six targets for 61 yards and a touchdown in the Texans' week three loss to the Patriots. Yeah, uh, it's a no shit. And, you know, like we said before the show, we were discussing that Anthony probably one of his best DFS calls probably probably ever. Um, because I was not, he was not even on my radar. Anthony played Ryan Griffin in DFS and profited in a week to where the tight end position was just an utter disaster. Um, and he did it, yeah, confidently. I, I'm, I'm shocked. This, this is a, you know, this is a team that, uh, they love to throw the tight ends and Ryan Griffin is not a particularly elite talent by any means, or even an above average talent, I'd say. But with Fedora what's out for the year and all the rest of these tight ends hurts, uh, Ryan Griffin might prove to be a guy on just a volume's sake if Deshaun Watson is able to pull it together to really just kind of turn into that, that back-end tight end one, high-end tight end two if, uh, if he's able to really continue with this. This is the all-love podcast. Like, I'm just getting <laughs> really feeling the love today. Um, Russell Wilson had, uh, I don't I don't even know how we really describe this game. It, it, was, it was a huge game, but it was in comeback mode. He completed 29 or 49 passes for 373 yards. Four touchdowns, no picks, uh, but the Seahawks did lose 33-27 to the Titans. I don't even know anymore. I mean, I have Russell Wilson everywhere. I don't know if I'm going to play him next week. I don't think I want to play him next week, so I'm probably going to be looking for matchups to pull off the waiver wire. Maybe I'll pull off the <laughs> the esteemed Blake Bortles <laughs> his four-touchdown day that he had. I I don't know. I'm going to say no shit because Russell Wilson is an elite talent at the quarterback position in this league. But, I mean, we've we've seen this before. Um, the, the offense is just another disaster, really. And, you know, like Anthony said, it's comeback mode that he's able to pull all of this together. I don't know I don't know what switch they hit, what switch they flip to really kind of turn it on to where uh, Wilson can all of a sudden throw four touchdowns. I hope they hit it earlier in the game. Um, I hope they throw it more often. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty clear. And there are some, there's some data to get behind the, uh, the fact that the Seahawks, um, especially Russell Wilson on offense, 
I don't know if they're trying to hide anything, but they start very, very slow. And by the time December rolls around, they, they have really kicked it into high gear. So I, I think you have to play them if you have them on your team, but <clears throat> you're probably not going to be especially happy with it going forward. As I think this is going to be an outlier performance um, in, in the immediate, at least. A.J. Green caught 10 of 13 targets for 111 yards and one touchdown in the Bengals' 27-24 Week 3 overtime loss to the Packers. Yeah, no shit. I I was, I got to take the L on this one. I did not expect this Bengals team to really come out and be able to compete with the Packers, but uh, they were. I, I knew this Green Bay secondary was uh, not all that great, especially their corners. Um, they're very exploitable. But I did not expect their offensive line to be able to hold up, and I didn't expect Andy Dalton to be able to turn it around so quickly. Uh, maybe it was Ken Zampese that was so bad for this offense. Um, I, I don't remember Bill Lazor being all that particularly competent. But, um, yeah, it's for those of you who are able to get A.J. Green in a buy-low spot this week, I, can, I congratulate you. Um, I think you made the right decision. Let's just hope it continues going forward as... AJ Green is an elite talent in this league. It's just situation that's really holding him back from being that that consistent every week high end wide receiver one. Yeah, I mean coaching isn't hard. Just get the ball to the money, and uh, right since he finally found a guy that could do that. Um, Rashard Matthews had six catches on ten targets for eighty seven yards and a touchdown in the Titans' week three win over the Seahawks. Yeah, no shit. All right, can we just finally come out and just say? Rashard Matthews is really good at football. Can we say that? Because I, I know we don't want to. We never want to. You know, we always want to look for the next guy. Uh, Corey Davis. So I know we all love Corey Davis, but we were projecting him to be the, the Titans' number one wide receiver at certain points this offseason. He gets hurt. And then I had people talking up Eric Decker, saying it's a, a, a BDD day for Decker. Um, yeah, and all along, it's just Rashard Matthews just kind of consistently, you know, keeping it going. Um, that guy who was in the background last year, despite being the wide receiver one on this team, um, and this year he was not projected to be the wide receiver one again, and sure enough, he just just keeps leading the team in targets, being that, you know, catching six passes for 87 yards, that touchdown, just keeps putting up fantasy points. Um, almost in the same vein of like an Adam Thielen last season. Or, you know, and I, I, I don't know, maybe you guys could tell me if this is a, um, a valid comparison here he is kind of and let's rule out today before i say this by the way he is the wide receiver version of trevor simeon this team does not want richard matthews to be their guy and he's just their guy oh yeah i think that's pretty fair uh fantasy football fans listen up if you love fantasy football then you need to try my new favorite app that is the draft app here's how it works you do a draft it lasts for just one week there's no management Pretty similar to DFS, except even better. You just set your lineup and forget it. True snake drafting. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. Drafts start every couple of minutes. You can join one right now. And the best part, you're playing for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there is a draft for everyone. No salary caps. Play in a real-life snake draft, just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. Come and join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes or play right from your computer on PlayDraft.com. Whatever you want. And I have used the computer interface. Uh, It's very, very simple, very clean. So I definitely recommend doing that. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. 
but you have to use the promo code RVRADIO. That's right, you get to play a real money game for free just for using the promo code RVRADIO on your first deposit. Search for Draft in the App Store or go to PlayDraft.com and come play free with the promo code RVRADIO. Let's get into the last couple of news items here to wrap up the show. Item number three, a really interesting situation in the Tennessee game. Uh, all week it was rumored that DeMarco Murray had a hamstring issue. Didn't even practice until Friday. But then he came out today, played great, rushed the ball 14 times for 115 yards, had a long touchdown. Uh, Derrick Henry had 13 carries for 54 yards. Uh, early reports of Murray's demise may have been overstated. Keith, are both of these running backs weekly starts for you? I would have to say no. DeMarco Murray, um, man, I was so hyped for this Derrick Henry spot. I was so hyped. I had my DFS lineups ready to go if DeMarco Murray was not going to go. Um, and sure enough, he's just able to really pull it out and, and just throw together a nice fantasy day just to remind us all that um, I know we want him to go away, us Derrick Henry owners, but he's just not going away anytime soon. There's still a lot left in the tank for DeMarco Murray, sadly. Um, even though Henry is quite a talent himself, um, Henry Martin Murray is the guy right now. Um, it's kind of sad, but true. So if for, for those of you who um, invested in DeMarco Murray, he was kind of one of the guys, along with Devonta Freeman. I think we could say that um, you, you made it out of the first round unscathed, at least at this point. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just hoping Derrick Henry somehow sees... Um, more work soon because that, he's just such a talent. Yeah, let me kind of present the Derrick Henry side of this case then. I mean, he he only got one fewer touch than Murray. I mean, Murray obviously did more with it, 115 yards. But Henry also, I think, uh, hurt his thigh in the first half of this game and ended up playing through that injury. So that might have even held him back a little bit, like uh, limited his touches a little bit. So, I mean, to me, this is a signal that they really want to get Henry much more involved. And, you know, if I'm someone who, if I own DeMarco Murray, I'm trying to sell right now because I think that it's only a matter of time before uh, Henry's a lot more involved, you know, like this going forward. Yeah, and I think it's pretty important to note that Seattle has been really, really bad against the run this year. They were allowing 5.2 yards per carry. Heading into this game, Seattle, uh, I'm sorry, the Titans broke that by a little bit. Obviously, the long run by Murray helps, but I mean, it's possible that this Seattle run defense really isn't that good, and if that's the case, then this performance by Murray isn't really as impressive. Uh, certainly, they play a lot tougher defenses in their own division. They play Houston. They play Jacksonville. The Colts have been surprisingly good against the run this year. I mean, I think it's really possible that this is just the best game he's going to have. Clearly, that they're splitting carries. I think that the team last week kind of realized that Henry might be a little bit better. Uh, this just screams like this. Just seems like one of those hot hand situations where, you know, Malarkey is going to maybe just keep both of these guys fresh and, you know, allow them to stay healthy by not getting all the wear and tear. So I, I do think you can kind of play both. I mean, there's really just not a lot to. There's just not not a lot at running back this year. I mean, if you drafted a guy early, chances are that guy's busting, and there haven't been like a ton of breakouts. Like the position overall just really hasn't done well. So I think if you have one of these guys, you kind of just have to play them. Uh, that's a good point. They're really, you know, the running back position has, it's an, it's another down year. I know, I know we think it's kind of us at Rotom is we think it's a trend. And I, I would definitely say it is a trend. The running back position is just clearly being devalued across the league. 
But for those of you who still believe in it, maybe you'll believe it's a down year. Either way. Um, but but I think you make a valid point, Anthony, that, yeah, Derrick Henry might just be one of those guys to where even if he does only get 14, 15 touches a game, he might not get the high-value touches, but maybe he's just kind of like an option that you just have to roll with as you don't have anything else. Um, and that's a decent floor at like a flex position or, or an RB2 if you happen to go uh, zero RB and you have just four strong wide receivers and maybe a strong tight end. Um, yeah, I, it's, and to Blair's point, I, I think he's right. Um, that uh, Derrick Henry is definitely going to be involved going forward. We're not going to see those 25, 30-touch games anymore from DeMarco Murray, but he's still going to garner the high-value touches, and that's and that's what I'm really concerned about being a Derrick Henry owner. Yeah, that's a good point. I uh, I had to start Henry in a league uh, today, or, you know, just because I really had no other running backs. But I'm, you know, with both of these guys, I think I'm not putting them out there with any confidence. It's just uh, too murky of a situation at this point for me to really get excited about anyone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but it's fine because we all have Stefan Diggs on at least one or a couple of our rosters, right? Or all of them, yeah. All of them. Yes. All of them is the correct answer. All, all the Diggs. <laughs> all right, item number four. Kareem Hunt had his third straight monster week in a row, rushing for 172 yards and a touchdown. He also caught one ball for 11 yards. Uh, Hunt is clearly for real at this point, but how long can he keep up, you know, exactly this level of performance? Yeah, he, he is, he's the real deal. And I understand that the the production is going to be one of those things to where it's, um, we, we shouldn't expect it, especially at the, the rate at which he's doing it. But, um, do we really need to expect that every week? Because I, I just know that we're looking at a running back who's seeing over 92% of the snaps on in a year to where all of a sudden this Chiefs offense is like high flying somehow. I don't get it. Somehow Tyree Kill is still working out. To those of you who believed in him, I I, I congratulate you. I did not. Um, he had success today. Um, all of a sudden Alex Smith is dynamic with the ball in his hands. I don't get it. Um, I, I think we've seen this before. We've seen these you know breakout performances from Smith before, which allows the running back position to get a lot of work as Andy Reid is one of the most creative head coaches at all of the NFL on offense, especially. And he does a lot with the running back position. Um, yeah. And maybe kind of have to look back at my process and how I evaluated Kareem Hunt because I was not super thrilled about him. I didn't expect David Johnson level numbers out of him, but you know, maybe that's just kind of what we have to do. It's just, we, we knew, we understood we were investing in him at Rotoviz because we saw the the potential volume with Spencer Ware going down. But, yeah, he's definitely surpassed all of our efficiency expectations, I believe. Yeah, I mean, Andy Reid is just a really good coach. I, I definitely second that. Uh, I, I'm, like, really torn here because I think that Hunt is, like, a legit player. I certainly don't think that he's – I don't think that he's a fluke, but I think that some of this is at least a little fluky. I mean, he's had a 50-yard touchdown in three straight weeks. That's really, really hard to do. He's averaging 7.6 yards per carry. That's basically impossible to do over the long, you know, over the course of a whole season. So at some point, he is going to regress a little bit in terms of the efficiency, but he probably hasn't hit his usage ceiling yet. I mean, only 18 touches today, only 16 touches last week. He hasn't had more than 17 carries yet in a game. Like, I think that there's some chance. I mean, they've been talking a little bit about his conditioning not being there. I mean, by midseason, late in the season, it is possible that he becomes a 20 to 25 carry guy and they just ride him out. He was a workhorse in college. So I don't think it's far fetched. 
that that happens. Um, so I think that eventually some of that stuff will cancel out. The efficiency is going to come down, I would imagine, almost as soon as next week. But if he can replace that with volume, he's going to be a top five guy. There's just no question about it. Yeah, totally agree on the efficiency coming down. I mean, it's just impossible to sustain this level of play, I think, for too much longer. Uh, you know, the one thing that really kind of worries me about Hunt and his opportunity is he's just not getting the sort of work in the passing game that you would like to see, you know, that someone like David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell was getting. Um, you know, one target today, I think that makes nine total for him on the season. So I guess I'd like to see him get more involved in the passing game before I'm ready to put him quite at that elite level. Um, but definitely it looks like he probably deserves to get more work. So yeah, excited to see what, what happens going forward. Yeah, I'd like to challenge that, that efficiency point. I, I know that we are always one to uh, project re, you know, regression to the mean in terms of year to year. Um, when a guy gets you know over five and a half yards per carry and there were a lot of factors that just kind of happened to be fluky, I think it's, it's very reasonable to not predict that to carry from season to season. But in terms of week to week, we've seen this in DFS. Um, when guys are going off, you just kind of roll with it. You know, we didn't, we predicted David Johnson's efficiency to really come down last year, and it didn't. Um, We've predicted Le'Veon Bell's efficiency to come down um, in certain spots when he gets going, and it just doesn't. Um, In the spots, it's, I understand Kareem, it's definitely fluky. It's out of the norm. But if you have him right now, I don't think there's a single player you trade in all of fantasy football for him. Do you guys agree with that? With my point being, Kareem Hunt, essentially, you you picked him up as kind of one of your mid-round picks if you um, happen to have a little more informed draft. Um, I think I had to take up like in the, the fourth round just to kind of ensure that I got him because I, I saw the volume coming. Um, and the reason I wouldn't trade him for one of the elite wide receivers at this point is he is at the position that is producing at the highest level at the, of running back production. And that is a guy we, we have, a you know, in terms of how you play fantasy football, you don't chase those guys with high round value as we could see them really coming from anywhere in the draft. And it doesn't happen from year to year. You get these big efficiency jumps. But when you do have one, you hold on to them for at least a year because you essentially have a guy who is, high, you know, highly efficient and is seeing all the volume. It's it's really difficult to get. So even for a guy like I would be hard pressed to even trade for like an Antonio Brown, I think, unless um unless something really changes in the immediate because it's just such a highly valuable position to have. What do you guys think of that? I don't actually own him on on any teams that I didn't draft early in the off season just because uh, you know, I could you, earlier you could get him in like in the tenth round or something, double digit round. So I own him on those teams. But once he, after Spencer Ware went down, he got too expensive. So you know, I have, you know, not a lot invested in him. So I mean, he's obviously really working out. But it would be hard for me to refuse a trade for somebody for one of these elite wide receivers. I think until I see him get the opportunity. I mean. Uh, when I'm thinking of who I might trade him for, I mean, I probably, I would definitely, I think, rather have Le'Veon Bell. Um, I might even rather have Ty Montgomery, who got 12 targets today and, you know, 24 total opportunities, I think. It's, it's, uh, 
hard to pass up that kind of workload. So, yeah, I don't know if I'm quite as high on him as as you seem to be, Heath, but um, I can definitely see your argument. So, yeah, I don't know. I do want to say, like, Hunt, Hunt's efficiency going down, like, doesn't really seem to be debatable, at least on some level. Like, right? Like, you can't average 7.6 yards per carry the whole year. It's not going to happen. It's impossible. So, like, how far that drops probably matters. Um, I mean, we've seen running backs in this offense average five, five and a half yards a carry. So, I mean, that's definitely possible. I, I, I think it's, I just want to address the receiving work again, because I think it's really interesting that, like, not only is Hunt not receiving a bunch of targets, but like no running back on this team is. Usually that's kind of like a staple, right? Of the Andy Reid offenses, the running backs catch a lot of balls and, it's not like Hunt's being taken off the field in those situations. Strachendrick West only has one target. So I actually do think that there is still upside there. Um, you know, the Chiefs have played really good football. They haven't faced a ton of negative game script. I mean, they were up in today's game almost exclusively. They were up in the Eagles game almost exclusively. And, you know, we saw what Hunt did against the Patriots when he was using the passing game. He had the long receiving touchdown. So I do think that there is still a bunch of receiving upside there. And that's kind of why I say that he's like a lock to be inside the top five, because I, I think that when that efficiency does regress and when the overall offensive efficiency gets even a little bit worse, uh, even if they're, even if it's just their, their defense plays a little bit worse, like he's going to get those touches and those touches have value because, you know, reception's a point to start with. So I, I think that hunt is kind of locked into the top five. If I was, if I was shaking it out, like I, Probably still rather have Bell. I think that like him versus Tymon is like a really, really good discussion. And that's kind of it. Like I don't even really think that I would take Freeman over him right now. And then if I was looking at the receivers, like I would, I would rather have Antonio Brown and maybe Odell Beckham. And I I think that conversation kind of ends too. Like I, he's like a legit first round value right now. And I'm basically drawing dead in best ball because I have him in like one league. <laughs> I know, right? Just wipe all those lineups out. See you later. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Fantasy Football Report. Special thanks to our guest, Heath Kruger. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at HeathK. And please remember to rate and review the Road of His Radio channel on iTunes. Be sure to get that 30% discount for subscribing to Rotoviz through the Rotoviz radio channel, rotoviz.com slash podcast. For Blair Andrews, I'm Anthony Amico. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Report, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. Be sure to contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth. Teenagers can communicate entirely in emojis. How was the birthday party? Pizza slice, kitten, soccer ball, pineapple? Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. What are you talking about? 
paperclip, shoulder shrug, high five, wizard hat? What? Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV. The perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event. Now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.